Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. And welcome into our number two of the Outdoor Show. Glad to have you with us on this National Hunting and Fishing Day. If you're headed out today looking at southeast winds, 10 to 15 is the forecast for offshore two to four foot seas. Probably going to be much closer to that four, maybe even better according to the live report we got from Daryl Carpenter kind of pushing down there. It's going to be a light chop, probably a little bumpy on the outer bays. Uh, inside's going to be better, which means probably redfish and maybe freshwater fishing more so than speckled trout. They still, I made a trip down to Cocodry with uh, Johnny Boy Patterson. We went out of Cocodry Charters and uh, went out there and found some white trout and specks mixed, but you can tell they're moving from the outside to the inside, and you got to hunt and peck and, and try to find them. They're kind of scattered. Uh, as uh, Robbie Campo mentioned, we get a good cold front in october and we usually get one around mid-october not a hard hard cold front but just a, a nice front system that switches the wind maybe get a little bit of rain drop that temperature of the water and uh, those trout will gang up on the inside and uh, we'll get that rolling uh, average tide range about eight tenths of a foot uh, teal hunting wraps up tomorrow in louisiana it's kind of been a so-so uh, we had a great trip and i'm gonna talk more with ryan lambert about that we killed a full 18 bird limit and we're done by 9 a.m and we shot uh, pretty well, I would say. It was me, Ryan Lambert, and Sarah Giles, who uh, co-hosted the radio show here a couple of weeks ago. She's a pretty good shot, by the way. All right, other news. Uh, also, I had a busy week. Also this week, I went down to uh, Pecan Island, left out of Sea Trout Marina, and, and took part. We were taping and documenting the Louisiana Reef Louisiana program. Uh, Shell Oil, Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, and the CCA representatives went out and uh, began building a reef down there. They're going to put five individual reef sites in Vermilion Bay uh, using just about anything. They use uh, stuff like um, riprap, large concrete platforms, old platforms, um, metal structures, highway barriers, catch basin, uh, any type of concrete that uh, is not harmful to the environment but attracts bait fish, which attract the predator fish. And these reefs, there's over 30 of them now, and they plan to put it in the high gear and begin to put them all across the coast. And a lot of you old-timers that like to fish out of Empire and and Buras, remember the green monster? Well, that rig was dismantled, as many were. The place we dropped all that uh, artificial reef this week was uh, a site of a, a rig that was very productive for snapper and other offshore species. Well, when they pull those rigs out, we lose fish habitat, and it's expensive to the oil companies. So by... Either bringing materials out there, the real, the cheapest way to do it is just cut the rig and topple it and leave it where it lies. Uh, they contribute money to have that done. At the same time, they save an awful lot of money. So these are about 75 to 80 feet of water. This one was 75 feet. It was a real popular spot. And uh, hopefully this program will take off as planned, and we will have much more fish habitat in the offshore area for offshore fishermen. And they tell me that a lot of these reef structures 
They start producing fish in weeks, not months or, or years, but in weeks. <clears throat> One other item I wanted to mention, a lot of people I talked to during the week did not get the word on this. If you like to catch crabs, whether you're commercial or recreational, uh, we have a moratorium right now on the possession of any size female crabs while you're on the water. It's part of a 35-day uh, moratorium. It began on September 9th. Uh, we've got a couple of weeks left, October 13th. But all female blue crabs by anyone, whether you catch them on the bank, a pier, a boat, a trap, a net, a hand line, you have to release those crabs live. And, again, the, uh, it's the, 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 the commercial and recreational harvest of the male crabs, the legal-sized male crabs, that's still wide open and you're good to go. All right, we come back after this break. We've got another round of fishing reports coming up. We're going to check in with Captain Mike Gallo. A little later on, we'll have a report for you kayakers and canoers. That's with uh, Captain Eric Mohabarak, Louisiana Kayak Company. And we'll talk to Ryan Lambert before he gets into the duck blind. He was out fly fishing yesterday. Guy never stops. We're back with more right after this time out on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And we get some text messages in at 87887. This one's from Harold. He says, unfortunately, it's his weekend to work. Mine too, Harold. But he's going to make a fishing trip Monday morning. Good for you. You can celebrate National Hunting Fishing Day on Monday. And let's see. We also have another one that says, this is a good way to end the work week. Been on the road? Listen to your show. And we appreciate you doing that. If you'd like to send us a text, 87870. This one says, it's teal season, another poor one. I decided to hunt gallinules, but noticed there were a lot of baby gallinules still with the parents. I decided to stop hunting because of the young ones came to my attention that the hunting season date should be revised to open later. Maybe this has something to do with climate change as the warmer weather is now lingering into the fall system. You may have an excellent point there. We, uh, You know, things, as climate changes, these seasons were traditionally set years, decades ago, and as things change, it might have to be reflected. I have to take a look at that. Thanks for the text, 87870. Time for a fishing report with our buddy Captain Mike Gallo. His reports are a presentation of SeaTo. They bring you fuel whenever, wherever you need it, tow you in 24-7, jump start you. And really what you're buying for $179 a whole year is peace of mind because you'll know that a rescue is just one call away. I always suggest boaters become members. You can do it by calling Captain Chris, 504-301-4545, or they'll sign you up online. Just go to CETO.com. Captain Mike Gallo joins us. Mike, uh, you headed out there this morning. First of all, what does the, the, the winds look like out there at the Spots and Dots Lake House Lodge and on the buoys that you checked? They're calling for 10 to 15, but I, I suspect it may be a little brisker than that. Well, Don, I'm actually in Wrigley's Pass. Looking at the LMN Bridge, just kind of pulled off to the side where I could speak to you. I'm facing into the wind. It can't be no more than four to six miles an hour at the moment. Uh, our hope is to make our way over to the Biloxi Marsh before the wind does pick up. And if it does pick up on the way in, we'll have a following sea, so it won't be quite so bad at traveling. All right, sounds like the stage is set for a good trip. You got a little bit of a tide raise today. Have you been there in the last day or so? I fished yesterday. Um, had to work for them a little bit. We got into some of the skinnier ponds and got into areas where they narrowed down and the current was moving a little bit better. And uh, we did better with worms than spinners. We started out throwing spinners and worms, and after about an hour, the worms were just producing better than the spinners. Uh, we did fish light colors. Uh, white was a good color, and avocado was a good color, but none of the dark colors seemed to work for me this week. 
Um, after we fished in the marsh and caught our slot size redfish, we decided to go out to the edge of the lake on the wet, on the eastern side of Lake Bourne and see if we could catch a bull red. So while my clients were casting toward the bank and in cuts and things like that, hoping to find a bull red, I rigged up a, a popping cork with a, a matrix on it about two feet down to see if I could catch some trout. Trout were very easy to catch. They just weren't very easy to measure. I caught maybe eight or ten, and two of them would have measured. So they're still in their process of making their way towards us with this small tide range that we have today. I think I would fish, if I were trout fishing, in Wrigley's Pass or Unknown Pass, those areas where the water's confined and going to be moving a little better. I certainly would use live shrimp on the bottom. If I were in the marsh or in some of the lakes and bays, current lines are going to be where you're going to find your fish best. Mike, you know, the the deep uh, bayous and little cuts and nooks and crannies in that Biloxi Marsh, that is some of the prettiest water you're going to find. And this is, we're getting close to that time of year where you can see down, you know, three, four feet in clear water there. You can actually spot those fish. That's correct. We did catch a couple yesterday, sight fishing. Um, it's, it's typical every year by this time the rivers get low and the salt water moves into the marsh and it kills off all the grass. You'll see it floating on the surface and moving out with the tide. And then water gets really, really clean and you can see all the way to the bottom. So sight fishing becomes a lot of fun. And that's typical for me, a pattern that I use this time of year sight fishing redfish from now till maybe mid-October when I am when I start to catch a lot of speckled trout on spinnerbaits, which is not a lure I generally use for speckled trout, but it's an indication that they've moved in pretty good. And then I can switch over to the, the uh, four horseman type corks with the matrix shad, and those trout will hit that. Usually by mid-October, I'm more concentrating on trout than redfish, and that'll you know, I'll be trout fishing all the way into December. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike, well, one thing about your Biloxi Marsh trips, there's usually a little land yap or a bonus hunting for those triple tail on the way back in. Looks like Venice and Grand Isle got your triple tail this year. Have you seen any, caught any, or heard of any in your area? I still haven't seen a one, and there's a lot of crab traps out. From what I understand, the crabs are really running well. So there's plenty of crab traps, and we came by them yesterday. It was slick, calm. I probably looked at over 100 and didn't see a single triple tail. So our whole, I'm holding out to catch them. Um, the coolest water I've ever caught a triple tail in was 74 degrees. So we still got some time before the water gets too cool before we are going to be able to see any triple tail. You know, I'm thinking uh, Daryl Carpenter was telling us about the, the, the pure salt water there, high salinities, and with the opening of that Bonnie Carry, there's still a lot of fresh water around your area. Have you done any uh, salinity readings to try to get a handle on it? I think that may be the cause for the triple tail being further to the south. You know, I heard that same theory, Don, and when I did catch quite a few triple tail, the majority of them I caught were within two miles of the mouth of the Pearl River. So I've, I've never thought that they had an issue with salinity. Um, and maybe this year they like more salinity, but I've always caught them in that area between the mouth of Wrigley's and Half Moon, and that's where I caught the majority of them over the years. 
and there's not a lot of salinity in that area, you know, the mouth of the river. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they'll turn around this weekend and you'll catch some on your way back today. Mike, y'all, y'all have a great trip, and thanks for the report. Uh, they can find you at aaofla.com. That's where I usually send people if they want to see pictures of your site, your, your lodge. Uh, if they want to talk dates and prices, tell them how to call you. Very simple. You can call me at 985-781-7811. All right, Michael. Go get them, boy. Happy National Hunting and Fishing Day to you. Same to you and all you listeners, Don. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, sir. Captain Mike Gallo, Angling Adventures of Louisiana. All right, got another text message in. This is from one of our regular listeners. He calls himself the Irish Coonass. He says, good morning, taking his son out to Gulf State Pier in Gulf Shore. Boy, that's a beautiful fishing pier. They've got some offshore species there, bluefish. Spanish and Reds all being caught out there. Enjoys the show as always. Thanks, Irish, and we'll see you all next time. We'll be right back after this, and we got our Paddler's Report coming up. Some people call it the Peddler's Report, especially when Eric Mohabarak is on, because that's what he does. He has a paddle, but he's also got pedals. He pedals for his fish. He doesn't pedal a fish. He pedals for him. We'll get him to explain all that right after this. And it's time for our stroking slash paddler slash peddler report in conjunction with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club. We just got a text in from my buddy, the Lafayette Yacker. He's getting some windshield time in, headed to Calcasieu. Good luck to the Yackers and the Redfish Rumble. Tell you what, Bruce, why don't you send us a little report on how you did in Calcasieu next Saturday morning. We'll pass that along to our paddlers. All right, the paddler's report, by the way, is brought to you by Massey's Outfitters. You're going to find them in Mid-City of New Orleans. Covington, Baton Rouge, and what you're going to find inside is best fishing models for kayaks from brands like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, Native Watercraft. Check out their website. That's MasseyOutfitters.com, and you can also find them on Facebook. And from what I understand, all the 2020, the latest and greatest kayaks are in. Check them out now. Eric Mohabarak, Louisiana Kayak Company, joins us now. Boy, it's been a big, busy week and busy time for the paddling guys. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, Don, uh, they, they've been busy. They've been out there scouting. That's why things have been kind of quiet on the whole interweb there on the Facebook and, and social media and stuff. they got a big tournament this today, actually. they got 70 anglers. It's called uh, uh, Redfish Rumble, Rumble on the River. And uh, it's uh, two redfish between 22 and, and under 27. Uh, most weight wins. So uh, I know I know they've been pounding them out there. I've been pounding them myself. So I mean, there's a pile of redfish downriver. I don't. I'm, it's, a, it's it's amazing. It's a great time of year right now, and uh, hopefully them trout will start moving in too. But um, it, people are out there right now pushing around. Uh, they've got you know hopefully they're watching out for the guys who's doing the teal hunting and stuff like that. But uh, they've been catching a lot on that uh, that at Hall's inline spinner with the uh, morning glory. Chartreuse tail golf. It's like a H and H body style uh, or or matrix. Uh, that's been a real good lure, you know, banging the banks and the points and stuff like that. Also, of course, you know the world famous gold spoon and then popping corks with the, the swimming mullet under it too. You know um, that worked good. And I imagine that uh, voodoo shrimp would also work good because there is a bunch of little shrimp back there in them ponds that I've been seeing. You know, so that might be, be something to tie up under there. Oh, um, you know what? Um... Eric, we're asking uh, listeners on a poll, what is their favorite artificial bait for redfish? What's yours? If you only could fish with one, what would be your top one? 
you know, if if you had to survive off of it, the gold spoon. Uh, that's, that's I mean, I, I throw the spoon. I got my customers throwing spoons. You know, ninety percent of the time, ninety five percent of the time. You know, uh, you can't beat the spoon. Uh, uh, there's nothing on top of it. Now, fun wise, yes, the top water. But if you had to survive off of it, I would I would get that Johnson gold spoon and throw it all day long. Well, it's not surprising that that spoon is in the lead right now. Yeah, there's a lot of fun ways to catch them, but I guess for all around, if you only had one, the one that would be the most versatile to work under most conditions, most, it would be the a spoon, lot of people yeah. like that spoon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, we got a, a Fallen Tide t- tournament coming up, too. Tell us about that one. That's not that far away. No, October 19th is uh, Fallen Tide. The, the Bay Coast is having a, the, it's a, I forget what year it is. It's over 10, I know that. Uh, but um, that's that's a slam tournament where you get a redfish, a speckled trout, and a flounder. And that's what a lot of these guys are doing, too, right? while they fish in this tournament here. They're also scouting for that tournament. You know, not only trying to catch their redfish, but they're, they're remembering spots where they've picked up on a trout or a flounder, especially the elusive unicorn flounder, you know. Um, but it, it's a fun tournament. Uh, it's a it's basically a two day event at, down down at uh, Cypress Cove and it starts like Friday afternoon. They do a big dinner, then everybody goes fishes all day the next day. Come back in, I think weigh in is going to be basically about three o'clock for that also, um, just like this one is today. Um, and um, you know then then it's it, I think they're going to give away three kayaks or two kayaks. One of them's usually a pearl angler and the other one's an outback. You know that's a uh, thirty. Thirty-seven hundred dollars now, first place prize that would be, and then uh, uh, three thousand dollars for the second place. That ain't a bad deal, you know, for the, with the kayaks, you know. Um, but it's a fun tournament. It's always a good time of year. Hopefully, we get a cold front in before then. That would really change things up and make it real nice. Yep, bckfc.org. That's the place to find all the information on their events. Yeah. Um, give us a couple other spots. What's going on at Fushan and over there by the Wrigley's too? Well, fish on a bunch of a uh, few people I know have been doing really, really well on the redfish. Man, they're picking up a few trout they've done, but mainly it's redfish just schooling up on them, them things. They're launching out of that little public launch right there and fishing in mangroves and, and any cut that comes through where the moisture shells are seems to be holding redfish. And, and when the water gets on low tide, they've been able to see them. So that's that's a bonus, you know. But it's been really good fishing. Same noise, pretty much. Um, you know, what what is it's exciting casting, of course, the spoon or, or the jigs work the best for that. But uh they've been doing real well over there in Fushu and I can't can't complain. And also uh they've been at the Wrigley's, they've been getting up in the ponds there that like you y'all were talking earlier, you and Mike, about how clear the water gets in those ponds over there with the vegetation that grows in it that makes it excellent for uh sight casting. You know, I mean, uh, I've seen pictures the other day of, uh, you know, water that you could say, like you were talking about seeing three feet deep, you know. Um, and that's a, that's a good time. And that's close, you know, to a lot of people who live in the city right there. It's a short drive to Wrigley's and, and launch right there and go get you some fish. Yeah, just be aware that there's some duck hunting goes on in some of those areas. There are lease ponds, and uh, teal season ends tomorrow, and then, you know, you got the regular yeah. duck season coming up in November. So just be mindful of those folks and don't interfere with them. But otherwise, it's good to go in those areas. Well, it sounds good, Eric. Yeah. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, you're one of the few kayak guides around the state. Tell them how to get a hold of you. Yeah. Um, they can get in touch with me through your website, uh, Don Dubuque, the Outdoors Guy, or um, – 
uh, on Facebook, uh, the Louisiana Kayak Company, or Instagram. That's on Instagram also. Uh, or just the old phone number, 504-313-8292. Very good. Thanks for the report, Eric. We'll see you, uh, we'll, we'll see you before next time, but uh, we'll talk to you again yeah. in two weeks, my friend. Take care. All right. All right, Don. You have a good one. All right, go catch us some on this National Hunting and Fishing Day. All right, we got some more text uh, messages coming in. We have a good morning from the Snake Doctor, New Orleans Fly Fishers, going to have their annual Rio Grande Perch Rodeo October 5th. That takes place in City Park in New Orleans. That is, uh, they call them Rio Grande Perch, also known as cichlids. It's a form of an invasive brim. Uh, and they are pretty thick over there in those city park ponds, and they would like you to catch them and take them out of there. Hey, it ain't bad eating either. Uh, check it out on their website and the Facebook page. That is New Orleans Fly Fishing, uh, the Rio Grande Perch Rodeo. That's next Saturday. All right, coming back after this, oh, yeah, another Operation Game Thief tip led to the uh, citations of a few, well, two men and one woman, alligator. Bad boys and girl at the outdoors. The story's next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And I got a few text messages here to catch up on. This one, uh, some one of our listeners is in the Keys this weekend, taking the paddleboard out to catch some lobster. Lobstering from a paddleboard. Hmm. Sounds a little strange. I'd like to find out more about how that's done. All right, here's one from uh, Tadpole and Catfish and Lance. They love the show. Keep up the work. That's almost like uh, Bubba, Bubba Chuck and Uncle Don Don and Rabbit. We've got some trios here, some characters. All right, here's one, uh, Jerry from Amy. He was listening to Mike's report from Lake Bourne. Wants to know if the ban on eating fish and crabs has been lifted from the Lake Bourne area. It was actually the Lake Pontchartrain area, and it was uh, an advisory, a health advisory by Louisiana Department of Health. Yes, uh, it's it's all clear now. Go back to eating fish and crabs and enjoying them as usual. All right, right after this quick 10-second pause, got a bad boy story. This one I'm going to call the case of the alligator tag shuffle. And, oh, it's not a dance. It's a crime. We'll tell you about it coming back after we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Well, our story began on September the 5th, that night, when Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries agents got some information, a tip about an alligator buyer that was removing the tags and then giving them back to the hunter to be used on other alligators. The next morning, the agents visited and questioned Patricia, depends on where you live, how you pronounce this, template or Tomplay, I'm going to go with Tomplay, at her place of business in Berwick about removing alligator tags and returning them to the hunter. After questioning, agents determined that Miss Tomplay acquired an 11-foot hide and a 9-foot alligator hide, took the tags off, gave them back to the hunter. Agents also learned that Patricia did not document acquiring the hides in her records, and she had the hides buried on her property. After finding where the two alligator hides were buried, dug them up, they also found a whole seven-foot alligator decomposing on the property. Why? Agents said because alligator hunter Ellery Mayon brought four alligators to Miss Tomplay to sell, but since the seven-footer had drowned on the line, she didn't want it, so she removed the tag to return it to Mayon. Then the owner of the business, Johnny Tomplay, put it in the back of his truck, threw it in the weeds where agents discovered it. For removing alligator tags, failing to maintain records, illegal possession of alligators or skins, and intentional concealment of wildlife, the agents cited Johnny and Patricia M. Tomplay, 
who also was cited for failing to comply with alligator parts tagging requirements. For that, for failing to tag the alligator upon taking and taking more alligators than he had tags for, agents also cited Ellery A. Mayon. Those charges could result in total fines of up to $4,400 and up to 120 days in jail for 72-year-old Ellery A. Mayon of Morgan City, 64-year-old Johnny P. Tomplay, and 62-year-old Patricia M. Tomplay, both of Pierre Park, Louisiana, our bad boys and girl of the outdoors. Uh, you don't mess with gators in their tags. Very highly regulated operation. Uh, okay, when we come back after this, we're going to talk to, uh, well, he's been known as the plastic man, the man of steel when he's hunting, and now the champion of the Grand Ridge Golf Club Tournament. We're back with Ryan Lambert right after this. And Ryan Lambert now joins us, Captain Ryan. Uh, you know, you're trying to hunt teal. You're guiding people fly fishing. You're running a big operation, Cajun fishing. I imagine the paparazzi about bothered you to death this week about being the champion golfer at the Grand Ridge Golf Course. <laughs> no, no, no. They're all mad at me. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, you know, what, that has got to be one of your greatest accomplishments. Yeah, that's got to be your greatest accomplishment. No, you're not supposed to win, but you did. Well, tell us your secret. What's the secret to being a a dark horse on the golf and getting, I guess, getting that high handicap? You'll never see that again. No, no, that's just a total fluke. You know, I should have been in the flight with more people with high handicaps. I guess I don't know. As long as I can kill a teal and and catch a fish, I don't care. You know. It's not a yeah, weekend that's you make one a gumbo with them little white balls. No, you can't. And people get crazy over that stuff, too. Well, look, we had a great hunt. I want to go back a week last Sunday, uh, you, I, and Miss Louisiana, which is kind of an inside joke. <laughs> uh, we have Miss Louisiana. Miss Louisiana is actually coming down here to go fishing with Ryan and I. But uh, Sarah Giles, who you all heard broadcasting on the show a couple of weeks ago, came, and she was misidentified. They thought They thought she was Miss Louisiana arriving early, but... Anyway, she did pretty well. I like, she shoots good. She's a good shot. As far as I'm concerned, as far as she hunts and fishes, she could be Miss Louisiana. <laughs> if they base She's it on sweetheart. hunting and fishing, you're right. She would be Miss Louisiana. Well, how does the she rest of the week go for you? Still, I tell you what, it's been a great week. Oh, my gosh. You know, the bull reds are coming back around. Uh, plenty teal. It's killing me I'm not hunting. I got to fly fish again today. It is killing me. Cause I got a pond so chuck full of them, and I got one more day left. I'm gonna whack them tomorrow. And you, hopefully, you come too. Cause, uh, oh, I'm gonna be there. You know, you know, we got we got to keep know, those numbers down. We can't let them get overpopulated. You know. You know the misconception about teal hunting. Everybody says, "Oh, I bet you're miserable out there." It, the mornings are so nice and fresh, <laughs> and you're out the blind for nine yeah. o'clock. You know, so, I mean, it's the mornings are wonderful. I mean, there's very few bugs and. You're out there in the, in the marsh, it smells so good. I, I tell you, it gives me life. It makes me feel great to be out there. I've had one morning where it was the humidity was up and it was warm. Only one out the whole season. So, I, you know, people have a big misconception about heat and getting eaten up by mosquitoes. Teal season is a wonderful time to get out there. Yeah, and they worried about snakes and all that kind of yeah, no, That was one of the best enjoyable hunts. I mean, the weather was mild. You know, the birds weren't, you know, jumping in on us where it was all rushed. It, we took our time, got our 18 birds, and, hey, you got something good to eat, too, with those teals. So, you know, people need to get in on it that haven't done it. I think they'll change their mind about it. 
Oh, yeah, I set up on that back hole the next day, and oh, my word, they was eating us alive. And, then, and I even got a better hole for tomorrow. So, <laughs> And those fronts are pushing oh, from good. up north, and that's what it takes. You know, this is the third year in a row we didn't get a front during the season, but there's so many fronts up north pushing the birds that they're coming anyhow. So it's, uh, we ought to have an enjoyable hunt tomorrow. Sounds good. So, well, listen, um, ten boats out you've, there you've been red fishing. Yeah, I caught 11 yeah. on the fly yesterday. And uh, we've got a group of 35 here, so all of them wanted bull reds except for my boat. So they all went and caught bull reds, and then they came inside and caught some slot reds. And everybody's happy. It's been good. It's been great. Well, when you're trying to catch reds with a fly, what kind of areas do you concentrate? Do you go to the skinny bayous? Do you work the shorelines? Where do you try to locate them? Because you've got to see them to catch them with a fly. It's very difficult blind casting. You got to work the tide. Like yesterday, when I pull up to the launch, the tide is in the parking lot. I mean, the parking lot is completely almost underwater. So I said, "Oh Lord, I got to go shallow." So you want to go to water? You can't no- normally even get in. It's so shallow. So I go to that, and all the fish are pushed all the way to the very back of the, these little pockets, and in the, in the water is only a few inches deep, so you can see every one of them, and you sit there and pick them off. I mean, it's you know, it's just getting them fly fish. I mean, you know, half of them. I really can't do it because they used to fish in streams and creeks, and it's a whole different ball game. You have to target these fish, you know, per fish, and and they think that they can just throw out there and let the the tide take it to them. It doesn't work quite that way. So I had one really good fisherman yesterday, and he he tagged eleven. So that's a pretty good day when you're sharing the front half the time. So that's he fished half the time and caught eleven. So that's pretty good. So, uh, that is. That's you, know, very good. you know, one of the things that drawback is is the people get nervous. You know, they might be a good caster, but they see that big redfish, and all of a sudden they lose everything. You know, I call that redfish fever, and it happens to spin casters and bait casters and fly fishermen. There'll be a school of a hundred coming up there, and not one person makes a cast. Everybody's tangled up. I, I've seen it too many times. I said, "Oh my goodness gracious!" But. It's all good. The, the bulls are still outside. You know, we, we caught them out there in 20 foot of water. And uh, when you get on them, they're great. But the pokey boats have run us off the fish two days in a row and surrounded our fish. That's not right, but I don't know what to do about that. No, no. And when they blow the horn and yeah, run, run all my boats off, that's not going to work. <laughs> We're making a living, too. So no, we'll no. deal with that. But uh, That's exactly but right. The fish out there, and it's, uh, you know, you could throw the popping cork on them or or we threw some chatter baits on them but the only thing with those there's so many down there that they're ripping the chatter bait apart you know if two of them hit your bait and they they start pulling they rip it apart i mean these are giant fish so that's a problem to have but we'll take it and uh there's, uh, i got you well, hopefully they'll, there. they'll be down there Oh, yeah, they'll be there. Actually, they're going to move inside here. You know, they just went out for the spawn on the 14th. And, you know, just like I told the listeners, on the 14th, they went out, they spawned, and they'll stay out there for, you know, about a week or so, and then they'll start moving back to their normal spot. So, you know, this week they'll they'll go back to the, the east and inside, and they'll come inside on the west, and we'll be able to, you know, target the bait, target the tide lines, and catch them again. So it, it gets a lot easier from here on out. And the trout's going to move in this week, too, so – Everything's everything's changing this week. This is this is the time when everything flips over and time to get after it. 
All sounds good. Well, we will see you tonight. In the meantime, if somebody wants to get in on some of this fall fishing, there's great fall fishing that's coming up, and get booked for the big duck season. Teal wraps up tomorrow, kind of late for that, but uh, if they want to get in on the hunt and maybe a cast and blast in the month of November, tell them how to reach you. Yeah, they can go to CajunFishingAdventures.com, or they can always call me on my cell phone at 504-559-5111. And uh, call Sarah, too, if she wants. All four of us can hunt. Oh, really? Okay. I'll do that. We'll, I'll see you tonight right, down there. Okay. Take care. All right, there he goes, Captain Ryan Lambert, uh, Cajun Adventures, fisherman extraordinaire, hunter extraordinaire, and now a champion golfer. Who would have thought it? Coming back after this, we're going to wrap it up. Tell you what's coming up on more outdoors right after this time out. You listen to the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, I was asking about lobstering from a paddleboard and uh, how that goes. Well, I got a text in that says someone has lobstered from a kayak in the Keys. You wear a snorkel mask. You carry a dip net and a poker. You dive down 8 to 13 feet. You poke the lobster out of his hiding place. When he scoots back, you got the dip net waiting. You flip the net half over and swim to the surface. These are spiny lobsters. Well, thanks for that. That's all. Exciting and a very productive way to get some great groceries, too. All right, we have a listener that uh, texted in. They use uh, shrimp, artificial shrimp, and either fresh or frozen shrimp together. Yeah, you can tip it uh, with a little bit of frozen shrimp or fresh shrimp pieces. And uh, sometimes the fresh or frozen and not the live work better because the live sometimes will bury down, and it's hard for the redfish to find them. All right, here's one says, I am confused. You said earlier there's a ban on possessing crabs till October 13th, but Mike, was talking about running crab traps. Oh, no, crabbing is open. You cannot possess any female crabs until after October 13th. There's a moratorium on the females, the spawners. They want to give them a chance to spawn and, and replenish the species before they're kept. So as long as you keep another but male crabs, you're fine to go. After the 13th, go back to keeping the females. All right, next week we are going to have the, uh, the the results, the final results of the Redfish World Series. That's going on in St. Bernard. They'll wrap that up tomorrow at the St. Bernard Civic Center. Also a Redfish Festival going on. Speaking of festivals, uh, Chief Fandel and Freddie Drennan's 16th Annual Wild Game Seafood and Barbecue Cook-Off. Uh, they've got the third annual junior competition that's going on today at Fritchie Park. Uh, you pay one price, get in, you get to sample all the wild game, seafood, and barbecue. And believe me, these teams cook with pride. There is some really good groceries out there. I'll be out there emceeing the awards banquet later on this evening. Hope I get to see you out there. Don't forget a special program we're going to do in two weeks on Election Day, October 12th. Uh, what would you like the governor of Louisiana to how would you like to see them take wildlife and fisheries, the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, in what direction? If you think it's fine to weigh it in, let us know that. But if you think there's things that need to be worked on, we'd love to hear from you. That's coming up in two weeks on our More Outdoors program, which airs from 7 to 9, live streams at radio.com. You can find it there or on my website. We have a link to go to it. This uh, this week, uh, 8 to 9, uh, Keith Lushes, the host, is going to take care of North Shore Fishing Report, tell you all the hot spots and the goings-on around the North Shore Lake Pontchartrain. And coming up next at 7 to 8, Devin Burgess, Jefferson Gun Outlet, is going to join me. We talk guns. It's a regular monthly feature, and it's heard on More Outdoors. Uh, sorry about that, uh, whatever that was uh, coming in there. Anyway, um, Devin Burgess is going to join us for um, More Outdoors, Talking Guns, from 7 to 8, and we're going to talk about some of the issues that uh, are being talked about in this election 
uh, year that's going to be coming up for the President of the United States. And also, we've got a Gun Product of the Month feature. I'm sure you'll be interested to hear about that. We'll see you next week with another edition of um, The Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network, 5 to 7 a.m. See you then. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during time of congestion.